What's going on? And welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to hear you out, listen to your questions, and then hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity. The reality is this, your life, my life, our lives are very messy, and there's not always going to be that easy, fill-in-the-blank, go-to Catholic answer to life's problems. And so the purpose of this show is for me to pray with whatever it is you send me so that I can accompany you to Jesus, and together we can respond to Jesus' invitation for us to become saints. I can't promise you that my advice will always be helpful, but I can assure you that when I pray with your questions, dealing with everything from morality to spirituality to apologetics, discipleship, evangelization, catechesis, whenever I pray with them, um, I, I do spend a lot of time for the Lord and then also in conversation with other people and in study. But even still, I'm imperfect and I'm broken, and so I might not respond in the way that is best for you to become a saint, right? And if that's the case, if my advice is not helpful for you to grow in virtue and in holiness, then I want to give you the freedom to just straight up reject it because I'm imperfect and I don't always perceive what God is saying very clearly. However, if the advice is helpful for you, then I really want to invite you to lean into Jesus and ask him to give you the grace to live out the demands of discipleship in your walk toward eternity. I really want to encourage you to send me your questions, your comments, your critiques of this episode and for future episodes at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. That's askfrjosh at ascensionpress.com. And also, please rate us and review us on iTunes and on other podcast outlets because that helps other people find out about the show. If the show is helpful for you, it could potentially be helpful for them as well. Today's topics are about helping the homeless um, and just questions about what are our obligations because we know that Jesus seems pretty clear in the gospel that he is present in the poor. Also about receiving communion on the tongue or in the hand. What are we supposed to do as, as disciples? And then finally, some practical tools that can help people break the chains of addictions to our phones and the social media. Before we get jumping into today's topics, I got a glory story I want to share with you. So my glory story is this. Um, you know, God invites us to pray, right? At all times to pray. And we're called to pray intercessory prayers for people. We're called to pray for discernment, but we're also called to prayer just so we can cultivate our intimacy with Jesus. And sometimes there's a lot of great insights that happen during prayer for others and for our relationship with God. There's a lot of consolation. And other times prayer can be really dry. It can be very difficult. And so Recently, I went through one of those seasons where prayer was really dry. It was very difficult, but I still was showing up every day and I was immersing myself in the word and before the blessed sacrament, but it was just straight up dry. It was so dark. I could not perceive what God was doing. And I was begging the Lord to reveal to me how he wanted me to grow, how he wanted me to grow in my relationship with him in this season of my life, what virtues he wanted me to cultivate. And I just wasn't able to perceive very clearly what God was saying in the blessed sacrament and the scriptures. And then uh, one day I got invited to go give a talk at one of our Catholic high schools in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And so as I went to the city, I called up my older brother and I said, hey, you want to grab a bite to eat? And he made time for me. He was pretty busy, but I'm grateful he made time for me. And my other brother showed up as well. And, and we hadn't had a meal together, just the three of us, in, in a very long time. And so it was so cool. We were laughing and we were cutting up and we were making fun of each other, just like old times when we were kids. 
But like, yo, I'm not even gonna lie. Within maybe 30 minutes, we were at each other's throat and we were fussing at each other and arguing. And it was all because of me. The, the bottom line is the argument happened because of me, right? I was the issue. The young, young father Josh here, right? A very broken and imperfect priest right here. And I'm in my collar at this restaurant, getting to an argument and people are looking at our table as we're arguing and I'm getting loud. And, uh, and I left, I left that lunch and I went to prayer with Jesus and I, all of a sudden it became very clear to me that the Lord gave me grace during my time with him before the Eucharist and in the scriptures, but he spoke to me very clearly with my brothers that the ways in which he wanted me to grow was in virtue. He wanted me to be more humble. He wanted me to be less arrogant, to be less rude, to be more patient, to be more kind, to be more gentle, to be less critical, less judgmental, to have custody of my tongue. Like there were so many imperfections that were brought to the light in that conversation. My imperfections, my sins. And the Lord was like, Josh, you've been begging me to show you where I'm calling you to grow. And I just communicated to you through your family, through your family. And it was such a glory story because the Lord was able to begin to purify me. And, and I, I recognize that Thanksgiving's coming up this week. Um, and so uh, sometimes we resist Thanksgiving because of of beef we might have with particular family members in our community or unresolved issues or just being around people in our family who might not have affection for us or might not show love toward us. And we really struggle being in their presence. And if your, if your prayer life is dry right now, like mine was, uh, I really want to encourage you to be open to God communicating to you through your family at Thanksgiving. Like if you're experience, if you want to experience a breakthrough, then maybe that breakthrough can potentially happen in and through um, leaning into family members who make you a little bit uncomfortable because maybe that's where God's going to speak. And so my glory story is that God answered my prayer and he did it through my family. And I'm very grateful for that because now um, I know, I know what virtues to cultivate and, and what to do so I can be more conformed to the image of Jesus. And uh, it's painful to be aware of how much room I need to grow in the spiritual life, but it's also really awesome because I, I, I know I, I have God's grace on my side and, and within me to help me to, to become the saint that he desires me to be. So that's my glory story. And I hope and pray that your Thanksgiving holiday this week is awesome and that your family can be used by God to help purify you and help you grow in your walk toward eternity. All right, before we get jumping into today's topics, I got some follow up from our listeners. First one comes from Jamie. Jamie. I got someone that works in my office. Her name is Jamie. Uh, I call her Jamie. Jamie. That's how I talk to her. Uh, Jamie. What's up, Jamie? So Jamie wrote this. She said, uh, thank you so much for your podcast. It has helped to answer a lot of questions I have about my faith and in a more digestible way. I love your suggestion about praying in the morning, lighting a candle and drinking some coffee. I'm trying to make it part of my morning ritual, and it makes me feel more peaceful throughout the day. Praise God. Yeah, uh, when we pray before life happens, it's so much easier to enter into life with God's grace. And so I really want to encourage you, Jamie, to continue that practice and share that with your friends and your family. I believe if more people spend time with Jesus in the morning, then we would have less drama throughout the day because more of us would be in line with Christ and would be um, all walking with Christ um, in the workplace and in school and in our neighborhood and in our relationships. So praise God. I'm grateful that the advice was helpful for you, uh, Jamie. Our next feedback comes from Brian. Brian says this, I've been listening to your podcast since shortly after you started 
and I've enjoyed every episode. I wanted to reach out to you about the prayer you offered for the young man considering hormone therapy. I'm a 40-year-old father of two who grew up as an only child. Growing up, I was often told that I was lacking in interpersonal skills and I've often felt inadequate as both a husband and a father. Your words were powerful and touched me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I wanted to thank you for the reminder of God's love for all of us, just as we are. May God continue to bless you, Brian. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, yeah, the Lord is the Lord is good. And the reality is, is I'm inadequate. You're inadequate. We're all ad- inadequate. But Jesus Christ, He's adequate. And uh, and so we come to Him with all of our limitations and imperfections. And over time, He gives us the grace to do extraordinary things as just ordinary ordinary guys. And our final. Follow-up comes from Mike, St. Michael the Archangel. Mike writes this, What, if anything, did you do to make restitution (laughs) to the person whose camp you broke into reparation for violation of their property? Thanks and God bless. For those of you who don't remember, one day, many years ago, I was invited to a friend's camp and went to the wrong camp, so I technically broke into somebody's house and then recognized uh, after we were there for about 30 minutes or so that this was not the camp I was supposed to be in. And so we immediately uh, ran out and went to the camp that was actually the camp we were supposed to be at. Uh, so what did I do? Well, actually, so, you know, remember, I said I didn't know that there was an etiquette for breaking into people's houses, so I did not write a note saying, hey, I'm sorry I broke into your house. Uh, but I did find out who lived there. It was actually someone who was uh, related to the the camp we went to and so we were able to communicate to them what happened and they thought it was absolutely hilarious that two priests broke into their camp and so uh, the restitution was we laughed together we laughed about the the event all right on to today's show our first question came in from barbara barbara wrote about the homeless she said good day father josh my name is barbara from sydney australia Today, I was asked from a beggar on the street to give her money as she says she was hungry. In my neighborhood, there are beggars who make out that they have no money for food, and then they go and gamble on it. I did not lend her money because I wasn't sure if she was being honest, but I felt bad at the same time as we were taught as Catholics to help others and to see the face of Jesus, especially in the poor. So my question is, did I do the right thing? And if you also can advise me on how to approach this again in the future. All right, Barbara. Yeah, so great, great question. So, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is you don't have to give anyone what they ask, right? Because uh, people, God says no to us all the time. Like I asked God when I was in high school to give me the the gift of dating this girl who I had a crush on, and and clearly he said no, right? And so uh, we can say no to people, but it's good to treat them as people, right? And to look them in the eyes and to ask them if you can pray for them. Um, if you're not going to give them money. I once heard someone say, you know, God's not going to judge judge you on what you've done with your money. Um, he's going to judge them on what they did with it. So if you give your money with, from a good heart and they go and abuse that, that's on them, not on you. However, sometimes it's not good to give people money. Sometimes it's better to give them resources that can help them to find healing and transformation over time. One of the things that we're doing at my parish is we're opening up this place called the Full of Grace Cafe, Quenching God's Thirst for Charity and Justice on December the 1st. Uh, and it's really cool. It's it's going to be a coffee shop and a cafe for free. We're going to have a, a, a hair salon in there, a diaper bank, a food pantry, dining hall, after school tutoring, laundromat, kitchen, uh, Bible study room, counseling room, fertility care clinic, 
And, um, and then also we're going to have a room called the Blessing Bag Room. And in the, that room, we're going to have brown paper bags with bottles of water, gift cards to Chick-fil-A. Uh, we're going to have Nutribars in that bag, prayers, information on how to get plugged into the sacraments, and also information on all the soup kitchens, women's shelters, and homeless shelters in the area with addresses and numbers and contact people. Because one of the gifts for most homeless shelters is they have counselors available to people. Now, we're going to have counseling at the Fuller Grace Cafe and lawyers also available, but most of these places also are going to have counselors to help these people who are on the streets for different reasons. Some of them are on the streets because of mental illness. Some of them are on the streets because of deep depression. Who knows what it might be? And so uh, it's best to help them to go in that direction where they can actually experience transformation. And so in the meantime, if you don't have a blessing bag on you, which I would encourage you to make some if you, if you know they're going to be there, um, then if you don't have that on you, then I would encourage you to go buy gift cards, share gift cards, but also just acknowledge people's dignity because you're right. They are the body of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 25, he said, if you ignore me whenever I'm hungry and naked and need clothes and need food, if you ignore me when I'm a stranger and need to be welcomed, if you ignore me when I'm in prison, then, then you're going to get ignored when you die, right? You're not going to get to heaven. He never said we're going to go to hell if we miss a holy hour of the blessed sacrament, though we should right? Try to prioritize a holy hour of the blessed sacrament, but we won't go to hell if we miss it. He did say you'd go to hell if you just straight up deny him um, in the poor. Now to say no to the poor who are asking for money is not a sin, but if you deny him dignity by not speaking with them and by not at least trying to pray for them to find proper care and also point them in the resources, that would be a major sin. Um, So I just encourage you to lean into them, lean into the poor. If you have time on your hands and if you feel safe, then invite them to a meal with you and get to know them, enter into a relationship with Jesus and the poor. And then again, give them the resources for any kind of homeless shelter or women's shelter or soup kitchen in the area. Most of them are completely free. So sometimes you might encounter somebody on the streets who will say, oh, I need some money to stay there for the night. Well, most of the time they're lying because they're they're free. But sometimes there might be some kind of fee. Um, if they need a ticket, a bus ticket, then if you have the money, offer to pay for it. That ticket. Just don't give them the cash, but say, hey, look, I'll, I'll go get the ticket for you. I'll meet you back here at this time, right? Or whatever. Um, but again, if it's a dangerous situation and you don't feel comfortable, at least let the person have the dignity of being seen in the face and heard in their voice and speak back to them love and blessings. And um, a quick prayer would be a great gift that you can offer them. Uh, so yeah, again, it, you don't necessarily have to give people uh, money because you can say no to that, but it is good to give them their dignity, right? And have a conversation with them, share the gift of prayer, and then potentially even give them resources like blessing bags and information toward um, housing, uh, like soup kitchens, women's shelters. Because again, those places are equipped with counselors and lawyers. In fact, there's a woman who was homeless for 10 years and in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she was homeless because she had unpaid um, tickets. And so she would have gone to jail because she had like all these tickets that she never paid for. And so there was a warrant out for her arrest or something like that. And so she never wanted to get housing because then she didn't want her name to be anywhere like on any official records. And long story short, she ended up going to a place where they had a lawyer available. The lawyer looked into her case for her for free and found out that they actually got rid of her from the system. And so she was, um, our, her charges got erased. And so she was able to go get proper housing. And so, um, you know, but I've always said, shoot, I'd rather jail than that. Because at least in jail, you get a bed to sleep in and free food every day and you get to work out. That's, that's better than being homeless. But, you know, whatever, teach his own. So long story short, uh, yeah, just reverence Jesus in the poor. Reverence the Lord in the poor. God bless.
right, second question. This directly flows. Jesus Christ is present in the poorest of the poor, as he makes it very clear to us in Matthew 25, but he's also substantially present to us in Holy Communion, the Eucharist in John chapter 6. He says, this is my flesh, this is my blood. And so this next question comes in from Taylor. Taylor writes, or Tay-Tay writes this, my name is Taylor and I have a question about taking communion. Some people take the Eucharist by tongue and others take it by placing it on the hand and then picking it up and taking it in the mouth. I grew up taking it by the Eucharistic minister. Uh, I think the correct terminology is extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, if it's a lay person, and Eucharistic minister, if it's an ordained person. Um, by putting it on my hand and then picking it up, my grandma said when she was little, only the priest can touch the Eucharist and place it on your tongue. Lately, I've tried taking it by the tongue, and I feel that some of the Eucharistic ministers or extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion feel uncomfortable with that. I just want to know what's the correct way to do this. Thank you in advance. Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny um, before I get into the correct way. I saw some people, just as a minister of communion, some people just don't know how to take it well, right? Like we, you try to give them the body of Christ and they like lick my finger. I'm like, ugh, right? Uh, don't be licking my finger. Like you, you gotta like, it's a, it's a method to it, right? Some people are like turtles and they like will bite at you. And I'm like, whoa, don't, be, don't bite me now, right? Um, and, you know, and others do it really well. And some people actually stick out their hands and their tongue. And I'm like, what do you want me to do here? You're sticking both out. So I just put it on their tongue in that, in that situation. So on to actual teaching. So the universal law of the Latin rite is that we receive communion on the tongue. Uh, to receive it in the hand is, is what's called an indult or a special permission that does not exist in, in most parts of the world, actually. Um, so uh, it's available to us in America and in, in some other places, but it's not everywhere, right? The, the normative way around the, the world is to receive it on the tongue, but um, certain places receive this special indult to receive it in the hand or in the mouth by the tongue. Um, but the bottom line is in America, if that's where you're from, Tay-Tay, uh, in America, you have a right to receive it by hand or by tongue. The Vatican, though, promotes the tongue, just to be clear. So the Vatican definitely promotes the tongue in a document called Memorial Domini in paragraph 1277. It says this, that um, that the tradition of receiving on the tongue expresses the faithful's reverence for the Eucharist and it removes the danger of uh, profanation. Ooh, this is a big word. Profanation? <laughs> Prof- like profanity. Profanation. I like that. Profanation profanity uh, of the sacred species. Like sometimes people receive it in the hand, they walk off with it. Right. And, or if they're not Catholic and they receive, uh, they might watch other people receive. And so the, the minister doesn't know that they're not Catholic. And so then they receive in the hand, they walk off and they don't know what to do with it. And so um, sometimes uh, it can lead to, to the Eucharist being disrespected. And so, but certainly you have a right, you have a right. What's going to help you enter into the deepest intimacy with Jesus Christ, the tongue or the hand, it's up to you. And if the Eucharistic minister, as in the priest or the deacon or the bishop or the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, the religious or the layperson, um, don't know how to give it on the tongue well, then, you know, just talk to them after Mass. Say, hey, look, you know, um, uh, I, I prefer to receive on the tongue. And so here's how I'm going to do it, you know, just in the future in case they want to work on that. Um, but again, um, it's it's fine either way, the, but the general rule for the, the, the church, the normative way is to receive it on on the tongue. That's just the norm. Um, so, but yeah, you have a choice. The hand or the tongue in America, they're both fine. And someone cannot 
deny you either, right? And so they can also they can't deny it to you if you want to kneel down. So typically, when you receive it, um, you have an option. You can either do a very reverent bow before the the blessed sacrament, and then you receive in the hand or on the tongue, or you can kneel down and you can receive it on the hand in the hand or on the tongue, right? Um, it's, it's not proper to genuflect and receive it. It's proper to kneel and receive it or bow um, whenever you're receiving Holy Communion. And so, again, a priest can never tell you, stand up if you're kneeling down. I'm not going to give it to you. They had a priest I know of who, who did that before, and he told someone that was kneeling down, don't kneel down for communion. He can't say that. That is not okay. It is not cool. He has no right to do that. Uh, so if you want to kneel and receive communion, that is super beautiful. If you want to bow and receive communion, that's super beautiful. Whatever is going to help you to be reverent with our Lord Jesus Christ and to enter into that deep, intimate moment of the two becoming one flesh, they're both acceptable um, in the church and specifically in the church in America. So uh, what do you guys think? Do you have any additional advice for Taylor uh, please hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Also, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes to help other people find out about the gift of the show. Okay, last question is about entertainment, and it comes from Diana. Diana, Michael Jackson had a song about Diana. Diana, 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 Diana. I wonder why he called her Dirty Diana. I mean... I don't know. I hope he wasn't insulting her. Diana, I don't think you're dirty. I'm going to call you Holy Diana. Yeah, yeah, hey. Holy Diana. Hey, hey. Holy Diana. All right, I'm done with my jam session. Diana writes this. Hi, Father Josh. New listener here, but I have a feeling that this will become one of my favorite podcasts. Well, I... I pray if it is your favorite, one of your favorites, that it will be helpful for you to become a saint. Uh, so if this is going to become one of your favorites, Diana, you got to promise me right now. And you got to say a prayer for me every day, just like one Hail Mary would do. All right, Diana writes this. I don't think this question has been asked before. Basically, I've been struggling a lot with an addiction to my phone and internet and social media. And I feel like it's been distracting from my vocation as a wife and a mother, as well as hindering my relationship with Jesus. I feel like I'm wasting so much time to the point where it's making me depressed, but I'm having so much trouble controlling it. Is there any way that I can draw closer to Jesus and the church to help me break this bad habit? Any wisdom you can offer in regards to this. Thank you so much, Father Josh, for being an example of the excellent priest this world truly needs. Uh, well, Diana, just one quick correction in your in your question. Uh, I am not an excellent priest. The world does need excellent priests, um, but I I'm a priest who needs a lot of prayers. Right? I want to be a saint. Like I was, talk, I was talking to a friend today, 
we're talking about like tombstones because Sister Thea Bowman, she is an African-American religious sister here in America who who's the USCCB just opened up her calls for canonization. And uh, she's from Mississippi, so she's from the South like me. And that's actually a great YouTube video of her uh, talking to the USCCB way back in the day. And uh, she was the first African-American woman to ever address them. And it's an awesome video. It's really f- funny to see some of those bishops, their response, but it was really beautiful, very prophetic. But anyways, long story short, on her, her tombstone, she put, I tried. And that's what it says. I tried. And I was like, yo, on my tombstone, I'm going to put, I'm in purgatory. So y'all pray for me. I'm still in purgatory. I need a lot of prayers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully one day I can be an excellent priest like some of the priests who have gone before me. And uh, But yeah, I'm certainly aware of my many areas of growth that the Lord is inviting me to walk with him right now. On to your question now, Diana. I do have some advice for you. The first one is to start off simple, right? It's like working out. We can't jump into like heavy lifting if we're just starting off with this new desire, right? Or or when it comes to eating healthy, it's hard to jump into a hardcore diet. You have to like go incrementally, go pretty slow. And so the first thing I want to encourage you to do is approach one day a week. Start very small, one day a week and preferably Sunday and have what's called a screen-free day with your entire family because no person is an island. You can't do this on your own. And so invite your whole family to have a screen-free Sunday. My friend, Dr. Tom Neal and his wife, Patty, they do this with their family. Every Sunday, screen-free. No TV, no Wi-Fi. They turn Wi-Fi off. They put all the computers and cell phones and all electronic devices, store them away, lock the door, and unless it's an emergency. And then the rest of the day, they are able to give each other FaceTime, FaceTime with their family. They're able to pray together. They're able to play together. They're able to do things together. But it's one day a week that you're starting off and you're able to be totally attentive to your family on the Sabbath day. You go to worship together at Mass and then you come home and you just are in each other's presence. One of my friends, Sister Tracy Duga, she's a daughter of St. Paul. She tells a story about this little girl who was talking to her mom one day and she's like, Mom. And the mom was like, yeah, baby. But the mom was looking at her phone. She said, Mama, listen to me. She said, baby, I can hear you. She said, Mom, I need you to listen to me. She said, baby, I hear every word you're saying. And as she kept saying this to her daughter, she was looking at her phone. And finally, the little girl grabbed the mother by the face and said, Mom, listen to me with your face. So it's hard to do that unless we have a community surrounding us who's also doing it as well. So let's all put all of our cell phones, all of our laptops, all of our whatever devices they may be, iPads, iPods, or whatever, and put them away. And the only time they turn the TV on is if it's like for like, Sunday football or something like that, or some kind of communal television time together where they're going to do do it as a family. This enables them to talk more, to get to know each other, to pray with each other, and to understand each other a lot better. Another tool that can help you is uh, the Freedom App. The Freedom App is this really cool app that you can put on your phone and on other devices where you can put times of the day where it literally will block Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Whatever the devices are, your email, your, and it can even block your entire internet and any app on your internet, on your phone, on your computer. And that way from like, so like what I would do is I'll, I use that app from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. That way, it's what 10 p.m. gets here on most days. If I remember to put it on, I can't go on YouTube. I can't check my email. It's all blocked until 6 a.m. So there's no temptation to waste time. Because that was one of my, one of my issues was I, I love watching YouTube videos of of speakers of priests of evangelists and like hearing their testimonies but the problem is is if i watch them all night long then i'm gonna go to bed really late if i go to bed really late i can't wake up in that morning and pray well because i'm tired now so i still wake up but i'm super tired during prayer and i'm not able to be attentive to jesus and so 
by getting the Freedom app that helps me to uh, avoid the near occasion of watching really good, cool videos that are good for me, but they're just not good for me at that time, right? And so I'm able to wake up in the morning. I get up now like around 4 a.m. and I'm, I'm wide awake when, I, when I'm, you know, I'm up. And the Freedom app's on so I can literally go at 4 a.m. and pray. And I can be with Jesus without the distraction. Again, more advice is when you go into your places of prayer, don't have any phone near you. If you pray with your phone, just stop, right? Because right now you're not in a place where the phone's good for you to pray with because there's all these temptations and distractions near you on the phone. So bring the Bible, bring your coffee, bring your candle, bring your he and I book or your, your reflection, whatever it might be, your praise and worship music. Keep the phone away. Keep the phone away so that way you can be attentive to Jesus. And if you can spend that time with Jesus like that without the phone being around you, then you can do it with your family as well. Same thing applies when you go to bed. Put the phone in the other room and get an alarm clock again, right? Um, it's just too many distractions that can come with, with your cell phone. And so those are some small things I think that you can do to help you to find freedom over time. But again, I really want to emphasize start for like a screen-free Sunday and then maybe implement that um, screen-free every day at th- during dinner time. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, or supper, whatever. Some, some people say supper, some say dinner, whatever. Um, but screen-free mealtime. And that way you're also able during that time to be attentive to your family. And so if you are able to be screen-free during prayer, during mealtime with family, and then every Sunday, I think that would be a great start. Freedom App could be a help for you, and the community as well can hold you accountable and can assist you, encourage you, and challenge you along your way to finding freedom from this addiction to your phone. And then finally, if none of this helps, then just get rid of it. Just throw it away. Throw it away. I'd rather go to heaven missing a hand or missing an eye or missing a foot than uh, go to hell with it all. And I'm not saying you're anywhere near going to hell. I'm just quoting the scripture right now. So I was in no way trying to indicate that you are anywhere near mortal sin without repentance. Just throwing that out there in case uh, you hear that. You're like, oh my goodness, Father Josh just condemned me. Nope, ain't doing that, not me. Uh, So hopefully that was helpful for you. Let me know, give it a practice and then hit me up with another email at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com and let me know if this has been helpful. Try it out for a couple of weeks and uh, I'm pretty sure it should be helpful. But if it's not, let me know and we can continue the dialogue and we can work on something new. All right. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Regardless of what your circumstances are, here are some things I think everyone can take away from today's questions. Universal point about addictions to anything um, is it's good to avoid the near occasion. So whatever the near occasion is, then find practical tools to avoid that. Because whenever we're in the presence of that, whatever that is, sometimes we're just so weak as, as human beings. We're so limited, we're going to just fall into them. Universal point about communion is that uh, communion is Jesus. It's, the, it's really Jesus. It's not just a symbol. It's like really, really Jesus. And so whatever is going to help us to encounter a deep intimacy with them in Holy Communion and with the most reverence possible, whether that's receiving um, on the tongue or in the hand, um, whether that's receiving while kneeling down or with a profound bow, um, just be clear that w- this, is, this is a huge moment of intimacy with the Lord, with our Creator. And so it's a huge gift, and so we should never take it lightly. One last point about going to communion, like when we're in line walking up to receive, Make sure that we're focused on receiving and not on anything else. And so sometimes what can help us to do that is by praying as we're walking up in line to communion, uh, by praying about becoming one with the bridegroom. That might be helpful. And finally, with regard to the homeless, uh, they are the body of Jesus Christ among us, according to the gospel, Matthew 25. 
And so um, we are called to reverence them. That's what we're called to do. And, and so if we have money that we want to give them, that's fine. But the best thing to do is to provide resources, provide prayer for them, um, and that way they can get connected with um, shelters and communities that can help them and assist them in their path toward healing and transformation. Okay, now let's, uh, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for all the ways that you choose to communicate your grace to us. Lord, we recognize that we are not in control of you or any other person in our life, and we just want to receive. We want to surrender and receive in the way that you want to give us your grace. We know that you know far beyond what we can even imagine, Lord. And the only the only thing that you do for us is bless us. You only pour down blessings. Even when it seems like we're going through a rough time or a tough time, Lord, you are blessing us in our walk toward eternity. You are shutting doors that aren't good for us, and you are opening up other doors that might seem like they're not good for us, but in reality, they're great for us to become a saint. Lord, so we just ask that you give us the grace to surrender and to let go of being in control and to receive you and your will and in your way and in your time in the way that's best for us to become saints in our walk toward eternity. We entrust our vocations to holiness, to the prayers and the intercession of your daughter, Father, and, um, and our mother, Mary, uh, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right, y'all. I'm going to see you next week. And don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. And hit me up with your questions. Ask for the Josh at AscensionPress.com. God bless.